This is Zero Two Hero Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is your host, Gubis Vissa speaking. This is where we take individuals, teams, and executives from zero to hero to raise their game and performance through mental strength. This is where you will learn how to raise your standard in your body, mind, and spirit, and in your business, and also how to raise your game to be in the top 1% excellence in your field. And we will be doing this by interviewing experts in their field to give you the tools and tips to apply in your own life to reach this excellence in your field. Thank you for tuning in and yeah, let's start the podcast. Cool. So before we start, quickly tell me, how was the, the flow workshop for you? Uh, phenomenal. Um, I've done things that I didn't think were possible. I mean, I went home that night after walking on fire specifically and I baked some buns in the oven and everything. And um, I said to my kids, you know, that oven's 200 degrees. Twice that is what mom walked over. So that's mind bending. Wow. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, even tying it back to Kelly. I mean, you know, I realize how often I actually am in flow um, when, you know, just in your day to day, just when things are, are, are in that sweet spot, when, when things just, just click. Um, and on the mountain that happened, you sort of hypnotize yourself, but you're consciously hypnotized. So. Yeah, so, so just for everyone to know, who's, um, is Barbel or is it Babel? How do I say your name? Babel. Babel. Okay, is that German? It is German, yes. Yes, wow, good, eh? <laughs> so tell, me, tell us quickly a little bit about you, where you come from, um, what you do. What I do. Um, well, I was born in Germany. Um, I came here to South Africa when I was eight. Um, and yeah, I've always had a bit of a crazy streak. Um, I'm a master diver, dive master. I've dived with sharks, I've skydived. What else have I done? Walked on fire now, climbed Killy. So I've, I've, I, like, I like doing things that, that, that push me, that excite me, that are different, that are, um, yeah. Wow, I'm actually impressed, you know, wow, diving, uh, especially with sharks, eh? that, that is just yeah. good. Uh, but yeah. it sounds like you're adventurous. So uh, then I'm probably then on Christmas, I think you probably went through a bucket list or something and then decided to <laughs> kill So what happened there? No, um, my husband and I, years ago, before we had kids, we wanted to climb up Killy. And um, we were in our 20s, 30s, early. We were young and poor. And it just didn't work out. It didn't have money. It was expensive and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I guess we probably may not have had the maturity to do it, to, to really, you know, um, put, put our, our thoughts into actions. And um, my husband um, looks after Dot .Africa, which is a top-level domain. I think you, you're aware of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, in, in June or July last year, um, the Dot Africa team went to the African Union Summit, uh, yeah, in, in Addis Ababa, and um, they received the Dot Africa flag with the instruction is take it to the continent. In other words, build awareness um, about Dot Africa and the, the top level domain, the, uh, the, the generic top level domain, because it is um, for all of Africa. And um, yeah, so they took it across the continent, and then the CEO, Lucky Masiela, um, said he's going to take it to the top of, of Africa, being Kili. And, you know, we all said, pipe dream and blah, blah, blah. And my husband said, yeah, we might go to the top of Kili. And I said, well, if you do, I'm coming with. And then it just sort of was simmering around in the background, and there were no real plans in place. And then my husband came home just before Christmas, a week before Christmas, and said, right, we're going on the 15th of January. And I said, well, the kids start school on the 17th of January. And um, I don't know how we're going to do this. This is a, you know, how do we prepare? How do we get gear? And, and all these obstacles, because we wanted to, we overcame. And um, yeah, it was, it was just magic how it all fell into place. It was quite um, um, unsettling. How, how quickly we got things done. Look, I'm a runner, so I mean, I did, I did a half marathon in November. Um, so, you know, we're reasonably fit and everything, but um, yeah, it just, it just flowed. It was amazing. So there was basically no preparation, just getting the gear and... Yeah, uh... yeah we did the Westcliff stairs a couple of times. 
Um, and obviously, you know, we, we tried to then reduce the running and rather do slow running or, or walking, hiking. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, we were generally fit, not super athlete fit, but generally fit for, for just taking on a, a six hour walk. Um, yeah, so I, and, and, and I must say, my fitness helped me with the recovery more so than with the actual walking. Okay, so once, you stop or? exercising, you know, to recover and, and you know, get yourself together again, um, that, that really helped where I was fit. Mm. Is it? Do you mean the recovery after every day's walk? That recovery? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is important. So, but tell us quickly, okay, now you prepared and uh, you went to climb Kilimanjaro. So tell us a little yeah. bit about the journey of every day. What can we expect? You know, just a nice part of it, and then we can delve into the other side of it. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I, uh, one thing I strongly recommend is for people to journal. Um, I read it again last night, just in preparation for today, just to take me back there again. Um, and it was so amazing that the journey I went on, the, the, the little things that, that you write down journaling, because it's emotions, but, you know, you need to write them down, otherwise you forget them. Um, so it was, it's really, you know, I, I encourage you strongly to, to write down and journal. Um, um, we, we, we went for 10 days. So we arrived, had dinner and everything. The next day we went and did a small sort of almost initiation hike to our head guide's house and had lunch there. Um, and even that was already quite a, a, not quite a baptism of fire, but it was like, okay, this is a lot of walking and it's hot and it's... Um, it's humid um, and it's, it's, it's actually quite steep. I mean, you're on the slopes of a mountain, even down in, in the towns. Um, got welcome to an amazing spread and an amazing view. Um, and um, yeah, went back to gear rental, um, hired some gear. If you need gear, um, they really, it's a bit of a room with a lot of gear, but I mean, they really have some good stuff if you get there early. Um, so I hired, for instance, a, a, a four and a half thousand rand Kilimanjaro K-Way sleeping bag, which for $20, which is, I mean, really a giveaway. Um, but they have some good gear um, if you need anything. So you don't have to buy everything. Um, but some, some things like of a personal nature, for instance, I bought a jacket um, that I think I'll use again anyway. Um, but so that was in the gear. Then we had a big celebration um, and that was for the Dot Africa launch. So we had a, a big party. Um, yeah, and then the next morning, um, got up, got dressed, packed our, our stuff together in our duffel and, and headed off. It was a two hour um, drive from where we were staying to um, Umbwe Cave. Um, Umbwe, is it Umbwe? It is Umbwe. Yeah, to Umbwe Cave because uh, that's, we started on the Umbwe route, which is in between, if you look at it on a map, between the Mashami route and the Marangal route. Um, so it's quite a steep route, um, but yeah, uh, we started walking in the mud, knee in deep. Knee deep. Okay. No, I promise you, my hiking boots probably gained a kilo of mud each, and you're trekking up the hill for four and a half hours. Sure. Um, so it's not easy, um, but you know, one thing that that made the whole thing a lot easier you have one job every day and that is to walk you don't have to go and write emails you don't have to make phone calls you don't have to look after your kids you pretty much just get up in the morning sort your stuff out your your duffel and your sleeping bag get yourself ready which is basically two wet wipes and some water have some breakfast and start walking. And your sole purpose for the day is to move yourself from one camp to the next camp. So you're not um, distracted by city life, by you know, all your other things that you have to do day to day um, and now in preparations and things like that. You really just have to worry about moving yourself and looking after yourself and taking care of yourself. Um, and yeah, so it, it, does, it does become easier if your sole journey is just get from here, get to there, and then you can chill. And chill. But uh, so on this, on this journey, I think it's uh, probably a lot of things. It's a pro you, you like your physical fit, but how's the mental preparation? Do you have to prepare mentally as well? Is it in the beginning or is it okay in the first few days and then it gets harder or what, what is? No, um, I think 
I think even on every day's four to five hours of walking, you know, you have good moments, um, you have jovial moments, you have depressed moments. Um, you know, when, when, when it rains for the fourth time that day, you know, it's hard to get your energy together and actually smile. Um, it's, um, but you know, you're in with a group of people, you, you almost get yourself into a rhythm. Um, the, the beauty of that mountain every single day, be it um, immensely tall trees. I mean, rainforest, I mean, I, you, you know, you see it in pictures, but what the eye can pick up compared to what a camera can pick up, even at National Geographic photographic level, it's, it's just so much more incredible. So you distract yourself from the misery of walking in mud and you see fluffy um, calabash monkeys fearlessly jumping from tree to tree. Um, you see flowers and ferns and you hear noises. Um, there's no cell phones, there's no, there's no emails, there's no distractions. It's just you and nature and, and getting yourself up this mountain. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, even once you're through the rainforest, the trees become shorter and shorter and shorter. And you go th uh, through the moors and the heath, and, and then you get to the alpine desert, um, and then, to, you know, to the, to the snow peaks. And um, every, every, um, uh, every zone has, has its own beauty and its own challenges. Um, but yeah, I mean, so mentally, I was lucky I had, I had my husband with me, my, my rock, he's here right now. Do you want to say hello? Hello, right. sir. <laughs> so um, he was, uh, Calvin uh, is, is mentally very strong where I'm like yeah, up and down. It's like, like if I'm happy, I'm really happy. And if I'm depressed, I can get like really grumpy. Mm. Um, and, and Calvin is, is really good in, in telling me to get my A into G. Um, but then also being being gentle with me and, and just giving me a hug when I need one. Um, and he's good in reading me. But it's okay because even if you don't go with a person, you know, that's that close to you, the guides um, that, that stay with you have got the most amazing energy. It's calm. It's um, resourceful. It's um, energizing without being excited. It's, it's calm without being depressed. It's, it's just, and they're so good at reading you. It's phenomenal. These guides are, it's, it's just, they're just amazing people. Yeah, I've heard that. And we, we spoke, I think it was um, Riyadh that said the same thing, you know, mm. how amazing yeah. they are. You know, they become yeah. like sort of an extra pillar on your way up the mountain. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not an environment that, that an average human should go to. And I mean, Kilimanjaro is, is a tourist destination and, and, and I think it's harder than that. Um, but uh, look back and actually appreciate each moment, look back and saying, look how far I've come. It's, it's really a metaphor for life. Um, Look how far I've come. You know, I can see the mountain, or I can see the hills and the inclines um, in front of me. Um, but you know, step one step at a time, pole pole, slowly, slowly, and one step at a time, you, you eat away at this mountain. Yes. Uh, one other person that I talked to that climbed Kilimanjaro, he said it. He sort of for him the journey was he sort of died on the mountain and was reborn. He said it, it's, it's like he was meeting God for the first time. You know, oh. is yours, did you also have a similar experience? Um, I don't know if I died. Um, you know, you 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 go to the mountain and you, and you there's definitely a, a a shift that happens. Um, I mean, much like walking on fire, um, you know, you'll never be the same. It's, you know, you, you do things and you say, shit, sorry, language. Um, I, can, I can climb Kilimanjaro. Um, I can do anything. I can walk on fire. I can do anything. Um, now, since yeah. January, I saw life change in a sense in that way. Are your outlook different? Are your approach to people and situations different? No, and that's the sad part. Um, it's very difficult to hold on to that energy um, in, in Joburg, in, in a Sandton corporate where I work. Um, you try and remind yourself, but to really try and connect to that and to stay connected to that is difficult. 
um, you know, you get washed with, with so much negativity. Um, you know, you're just on your way to work and I've stopped doing this. Um, you know, listen to 702 and it's like your day is ruined because mm. they find nothing positive in the world. Mm. Um, um, even in the good news stories, there's, there's depression. Um, so it, it's difficult to, to fight against that negativity on a daily basis. Um, but, but, but there are moments when you stop and think and you're saying, actually, and, and I'm grateful for, for this opportunity because it's taken me back there and it's it sort of made me reconnect um, to, to the learnings that I met on the mountain. What are some of the learnings for you? Sure. <laughs> you can't do things alone. Wow. And yet you're doing it alone. So um, it's, it's, I suppose it's a, it's a cluster of islands. Um, we all need each other. We're all dependent on each other. Um, but you still have to do your bit and you have to get yourself up that mountain with your own two feet. So it just shows you again that it's also important who you surround yourself with. But, you know, even though you surround yourself with greatness and awesome yeah. people, you still have to make it work. You still have to take mm -hmm. action. You still have to walk up that mountain. You know, you still have to make that decision to, you know, put on your backpack, your day pack in the morning, strap on your boots you know, even though your feet are sore um, and your, you know, your legs might not be feeling so comfortable, but to actually then just get up, you know, get going, show up and just trust, trust, trust the guides, trust, trust the guides to, to, to pace you, trust the guides, you know, even if you're feeling okay, to stop, have a sip of water, water, vital, magic, magic mountain um, um, medicine. Um, water, yeah, water is so important. Five liters a day, and it's easy um, because water's got oxygen in it. Oh. So not only are you breathing it in, you're drinking it in as well. Okay, so that's important. important. Water is very important. So okay, so before we get to the the, the thing about being at top of the mountain, so tell us some of the things because you had the short period of preparation so you had to go and so on the mountain what is the things that you know that we need to know that how can we what do we need to take with what is the challenges you face is it like you said it's very warm but it might be cold as well so what is the yeah. so um what i did is i getting organized is important it helps you tremendously because you don't have to think because thinking slows down um so make sure that you know, I have my, I had my, my flip file and um, I put all my information in there um, in terms of checklists, in terms of itineraries, in terms of what to pack um, that, that I was organized and I just had to go to my flip file and I could find everything. So that helped me tremendously. Um, Ziploc bags are vital. You're going to have a duffel, um, which is a, hold on, if I can show you my duffel there we go um, nice. uh -huh. and it becomes a mess after the first day so if you have ziploc bags so and you label them well so socks so make sure you lay out exactly i also made a list of what i was going to wear each day um you know i had a, a big ziploc with my sleeping things so i slept in, in thermal and uh, thermal lungs and in a thermal vest um um, and then I, I slept in, I think it was, oh, I had one pair of sock liners that I slept in. Um, so, you know, then I have, oh, and my pillow was in there and my um, sleeping bag liner. They're very important sleeping bag liners, especially if you're hiring a sleeping bag because it's your own dirt then and it adds a lot of warmth. Um, so that sort of was my sleeping pack. Then I had a pack for, for my game energy sachets. Um, and I had a, I had a, 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 a Ziploc bag for my snacks. I had a Ziploc bag um, for all my socks labeled. So, you know, you wear the same socks two days in a row, and it's okay if you take them off when you stop walking and they can dry. Um, I, have a, I had a, a Ziploc bag for my waterproofs. I had a Ziploc bag for my fleeces. Um, so just to categorize everything so that you're not searching madly um, you know, it's sort of an organized chaos mess. So that helped a lot, Ziploc bags. Um, the day pack, keep as light as possible. You're going to walk with two liters of water. Trusted Nalgene. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I had one a water Nalgene and one um, with um, game, which was great. And that, I mean, my, between my husband and I, we shared one liter of game, which was enough. Um, and then obviously he carried another two liters of water and try and finish that water. It really, I mean, like I said, it, it really oxygenates you. It really heals and it really, it really provides so many, so much energy, um, prevents um, altitude sickness and just lubricates you. And it just, it, it's just magic. Um, I had a cuck day pack. I should have invested in a decent one that has a decent, um, decent um, waist strap um, or hip strap, whatever they call. Um, so I, I should have spent money on that. I was at the airport leaving and I walked into Cape Union Mart and I said I should buy a, you know, a, a backpack and I didn't and I should have. So make sure that that's comfortable. Um, waterproofs, all the, all the guides had golfing umbrellas. It's the weirdest thing. You're walking through a rainforest, you're climbing Kilimanjaro, and there is this red and white striped golf umbrella. Um, I was thinking about it because, you know, um, that makes a lot of sense because the rain's generally short and it comes from the top, so an umbrella is actually great. But I was thinking about it, the guides don't use trekking poles. So you can't hold an umbrella and have trekking poles. So that's something to consider. We had rain ponchos, which worked quite well. Um, hello, Andrea. So she's listening. You can keep talking. Okay. So rain ponchos. <laughs> rain ponchos, yep. And then just make sure your day packs as light as possible. So don't take unnecessarily stu unnecessary stuff. I had a little bit of first aid, like plasters, but it's unnecessary. Um, I had, um, what else did we have in our day pack? I must have a look. Hold on. See, it's all in my thing. Waterproof your tops and bottoms. We didn't, I mean, I did take my waterproof pants, but I only wore them once, and that was for summit night. Um, because the rain ponchos were fine. And if you have a rain poncho that's long enough, that should sort of end where your gaiters start. Okay. So your, your, your legs won't get wet. Um, I had a little bit of food, water, first aid. Gaiters I wore every single day. So that's the, the waterproof that, that seals off between your boots and your pants. The first day I wore shorts and that was fine in the rainforest. And then um, the trekking pants are, are really good enough for every other day. Um, don't wear thermals any other day during the day um, except for summit night. Mind you, I don't know about July, but it's much of a muchness, I think, um, um, uh, throughout the year. Um, because, you know, it might start off at below zero in the morning, but as soon as the sun comes up, it gets hot quite quickly. And um, then, you know, you're going to try and find a rock to take off your thermals from under your... Um, your trekking pants and there's not many bushes <laughs> or rocks um, mind you on the mountain no one really cares so we all in this together and it's like really 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 tribal <laughs> yeah well um, tell us about that because yeah. i remember you told me the other day the hair you know no god no i'm blonde and i've got hair, so it gets quickly so the first day, beautiful, but you're also wearing a hat every day, you know, a trekking hat with an aspirin, which also prevents rain. Um, but um, it's, you know, it, you don't wash for eight, well, I was for eight days. So, you know, it's a, I had facial wipes because I do come from Santum. Um, and then normal wet wipes, baby wipes for underarms and other bits. Feet are important. Make sure you have clean feet and dry feet. Um, and um, change your shoes when you when you get to camp, so you don't walk around in your in your uh, hiking boots when you um, have wet feet, um, and you want to change your shoes into running shoes or something. Um, what else? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then okay, so all of that is important, but I think. Um, and again, it just shows you have to organize and you have to plan ahead, you know, and I yeah. think that's very important. And you can get by with a little, but I think in the end of the day... Very uh, little. I wore the same pants um, for an entire week. Yeah, because had, nobody's going to worry about that. No, and you know, I mean, there's a joke on the mountain, um, you know, that, you know, the, don't worry about the smell. You must only worry about the smell if the porters come past you and you can't smell them anymore. 
<laughs> then you know you smell as bad or worse. <laughs> you know, and you have to get comfortable with your own dirt. It's, it's okay. I mean, as ladies, you know, we like to shave our armpits and on day six or seven, you look under your arms and it's really horrific. It's like, <laughs> no, it's not me. <laughs> and you go with it. It's... Uh, okay. And so on the last day, mm. they wake you about, about, about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock? We woke up at 10 oh, uh, from Barath boot camp. Yeah. And um, you, you get, I mean, everything is slow. So you think to put your boots on, have a cup of Milo, um, get dressed, um, will take you 10 minutes. Yeah. Takes you an hour. Everything is slow. Not because you're consciously slowing it down, but because everything happens in slow motion because you cannot go faster. Wow, really? Really. So, you know, you have to think about, you know, I need to go to the toilet. It's 15 meters away. It's going to take me a good five minutes to get there. Wait. Okay. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really takes, and then you know, to unzip your your pants and to actually go to the loo to 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 put on a jacket. It's it's a slog. It's slow, and you'll your body will tell you instantly if you're going too fast. You'll get a headache. Oh. Okay. So and yeah. So. Get woken up at 10, 11 o'clock, you start walking, headlamps. One thing that's very important for summit night, make sure you have lithium-ion batteries. Yeah. They're a bit more expensive, um, but they last a lot longer um, and they're a lot brighter at altitude because the normal um, zinc oxide or whatever they are um, start to fade, and we saw it. Because um, if you're walking from 11 and sun sunrise is at about, uh, from 11 to sunrise is about 7, so you're walking for eight hours and you don't want that light to fade because that light is your only hope. Wow. Mm. Okay. So that is important. Um, That's important. Yeah. So uh, do you, at that altitude, do you, well, before you hike, do you puke as well? Do you get nauseous? I didn't. I didn't. I got a bit of a runny tummy once, but not even that was bad. Um, I got some medication. I can tell you what it was. Um, but um, I can't even find it now. Smecta. Smecta was very good for runny tummies um, because it doesn't block anything and it, it, it's, it's a good way of, of controlling a runny tummy. Um, but, you know, we had a, had a great medic and I'm sure there'll be a medic on your trip and they'll generally sort you out. Oh. Try not to take anything with anti-inflammatory. Um, so try and get a paracetamol if you're going to take, um, you know, pain pills and things like that. That's just paracetamol that doesn't have any anti-inflammatories in it. Anti-inflammatories apparently aren't good on the mountain. Okay, that's good because I need to know that for my pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got some, I asked the pharmacist and I said, I need the strongest pain medication that doesn't have an anti-inflammatory. And they looked at me weirdly. And, but then they gave me some pink pills that were like a panada, a little bit stronger. But, yeah. but just paracetamol. Mm. Okay, that's good to know. So on the morning of the hike, the climb, you, you, you said it was your most challenging day. Uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I look at adventure and I, I mean, I, I, I'm always excited when I start new things. Um, and that's how I wandered off into the night. Um, what was special was the, the guides and uh, some of the guys that came with us led us into a Swahili prayer. I didn't know what it meant, but you know, you feel the gravitas of it. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of traditions around um, the things you do on camp. Um, and the singing, the singing was beautiful. There was two songs, Jumbo, Jumbo Buana. It was beautiful. And the way these males, these male choirs, they sing is just phenomenal. And um, yeah, so we set off into the night. Initially, I mean, it's a slow walk and you know, you're slow and steady and you know, you're not rushing and you're thinking and you, you know, just trying to stay warm. And then you get a little bit out of camp. We stayed quite, um, quite low in, in Barafu camp. So you've got to walk through the camp first and then you start going up um, some rocks and some shale. And it's, it's hard going, but it's okay. And then the wind kicks in. And then that wind was, I mean, it's you know, minus 20 degrees and uh, wind like there's no tomorrow. 
I remember putting my trekking poles down and you, you put, plant them down straight and the wind takes them half a meter across and you're fighting against that constantly. Um, so it's every step's a struggle. Every step takes two breaths. Um, so that's, that's hard. Um, to walk, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a shuffle. It's so slow. You think you, you're going super fast, but you're actually walking like a sloth. Um, slow, slow, slow. And the wind is, is pumping. You're wearing six layers of clothing. Um, I wore thermals, a trekking top, a fleecy, um, my down um, K-way jacket, um, a soft shell and a ski jacket on top of that. And I was cold. My fingers were freezing. My feet were freezing. Make sure you wear fresh, new um, summit socks on summit night, by the way. You want decent socks, not ones that have been washed 10 times. Um, and, and you just carry on. I wore, I mean, my, my trekking top had a built-in hoodie. Um, I had a beanie on top of that, and my snow jacket had a cap. And, you know, all that came, looked out was my glasses. It was freezing. It was really, oh. really freezing. Um, but you, you walk, pardon? And gloves? Gloves, yeah. I hired some very warm mammoth um, gloves, uh, mittens, um, but I should have, and I had some, some thin gloves underneath that, get decent gloves um, and mittens. So have proper um, glove liners and then decent uh, down gloves. It's cold, it's cold. And it's not like you can put your hands in your pockets because you've got trekking poles to help you up the hill. As a trekking poles, does it help? Yes, I think so. I think so. It gives you more stability. So you 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 know, as you 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 obviously opposite opposite leg, um, opposite arm, um, and it does give you a lot more stability in terms of your walking. Mm -hmm. It, um, I really think it helped. Okay. It gives you yeah, like I said, more stability. It it. Um, it also takes some weight off your legs, I think. Yeah, don't ask me to give up my trekking pole. It's <laughs> up the mountain. No, it really helped. Yeah. And trekking poles aren't expensive. So, um, you know, if, mm. you know, if, you know, just, just buy a pair, it's really good. Mm. <laughs> okay. So yeah. now, you, now you're busy summiting. Now you're on your way. And you say every step is like... Every step is, is hard. Um, honest, our... Um, logistics person so the guy who employs all the porters and all the guides he all handed us a red bull as we left it's funny but it's actually so needed it's the only time i'll drink red bull um cracking open that red bull was such a heaven sent and after four thousand meters which is that barafu camp the last camp you, you have no appetite um don't think you're going to lose weight because you won't um, but you have no appetite. So, you know, um, our guide, and I find on some night, they'll generally pair you up with a guide. So, you know, my husband and I had, had Bertus, phenomenal, strength, unbelievable. Um, you know, he'll open up a chocolate wrapper for us and he'll give us one tiny little square and, you know, you'll suck on that for half an hour. And normally in two minutes, I can finish a whole slab. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Um, so it, it, to, to, it takes energy to digest. It takes energy to eat. You don't have that spare energy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but you can get through it. And that's the remarkable thing. If you just keep going. There was a couple of times I wanted to give up. And it was interesting about the words that I chose. I said, uh, one of our guides, um, Ronnie, who organized the trip from Adventures Global, he had a triple bypass um, 18 months ago. So he said he's not going to summit. Um, so I said, I'll just go and join Ronnie and play a game of cards. I never said I surrender. I never said, no, I think I did say I surrender. But I never said I'm giving up. I never said I'm quitting. Mm. And the words that you cho chose is, is, you know, are very, very interesting. Um, and, you know, reflecting on it afterwards, my husband said, had I given up? And I said, I, I tap out. You know, my husband would have joined me because he was just waiting for me to give him the permission to give up. And I guess I was waiting for him to give me the permission to give up. And neither of us did and just persevere. So, but um, it's just works. 
Absolutely. Um, and if you don't have a buddy, one will be assigned to you and they'll be a mountain goat of note and they will look after you and trust them and they will love you. And, um, you know, I, I think I owe my life to Burgess um, because without him, I, I don't think I could have made it. Sure. Mm. And then it's hard. Um, what helped me a lot is uh, one of my fellow climbers gave me a goo, um, you know, from racing. Um, I didn't even think to take any and, and that little bit of liquid energy because it's so easy to consume. It's so easy to, um, to swallow um, and it gives you instant energy and that helped me a lot. Um, the Red Bull was great and also the timing of it and the guides will know. Um, and then all of a sudden it starts getting a little bit lighter and the wind's still howling. And then, then you, you're almost there and um, sunrise is just wow. That's so wow. nice. And also, you know, and that's the weird thing. Sometimes you're on that mountain and you can look down it if it's a clear day. And you can see the Marungu village or Mashami village or wherever you are, Marungu generally. Um, and um, you can see the lights and you know those people have got air conditioners on and they're fanning themselves because of the heat. And here you are freezing to your bone. And that contrast. Um, one thing that was also just before sunrise, as you get up the mountain, um, Berta said to us, look at those lights just on the other side, just to the, to the right of you. And he says, that's Kenya. And that's also something, you know, you're climbing a mountain in Tanzania and you can see the lights on in Kenya. Wow. It's phenomenal. It's, it's what, a, what a privilege. Sure. Yeah. And then you climb up and then the last 250, 300, 400 meters is screed. It is hard. It is hard. It is like climbing the biggest sand dune you have ever seen. It's loose gravel. It's, it's gravelly sand. It's, it's, it's tough stuff. Eh? And as you walk up, you slide down. As you walk up, you slide down. And it's soul destroying. It is really sure. soul destroying. And then you see Stella Point. And um, I mean, as I, as I came over that lip, Stella Point is the rim of the crater. So that's basically you've made it. Um, then a little short walk to Uhuru Peak. Um, as you get to that crater, I mean, I fell to my knees and I burst into tears. Um, <laughs> my husband just says, yeah, the short walk from Stella Point to Uhuru, which is about 700 meters, takes about an hour. Wow. Um, yeah, short walk, <laughs> all relative. Um, it's an easy walk, put it that way, and hard bits over. Um, but yeah, and just, you know, there's no air. There's no air. Sure. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's and then you get to Uru Peak, then you get there. What thing? What is that last thoughts? Sure. I saw it. I, I'm quite emotional. I burst into tears. I, I didn't stop. I walked straight to the sign and I kissed it. And I tapped it. Um, and, then, and then you actually just sit there. And for me, I'm like, I sat down and I said, okay, now what? <laughs> Remember, your brain's not working correctly. You sleep deprived, you're tired, your brain's not oxygenated properly, um, you're exhausted, um, um, you, you've got no air, you, you're just not yourself, and you know, you've got to rest, and then, okay, well, we've got to take some pictures, um, so make sure you take some decent pictures, um, you know, I, I regret, I, I should have taken more, I should have taken better ones, my husband forgot that he had his balaclava on in every picture, so all you can see is little eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so things things like that you don't realize and i mean the euphoria of getting to the top is just is just unreal um and you can't stay there for very long i think we stayed long we were there for 45 minutes um but my husband who had pneumonia two years ago um said listen your lungs are failing let's go um so we needed to go and um but yeah it's un unreal it's and then it's over yeah, but that's then, not the next question because that same day you're almost at the bottom, the next day you're off the mountain. How do you... Well, exactly. So, you know, you then obviously the walk down is a lot simpler. You don't take the same route up as you do down. Um, so you basically come off the mountain, off from Stella Point, and you're following down a screed. So you're sliding, basically. It's hard on your ankles. It's hard on your thighs. Um, um, 
but it's it's a lot easier and every step you have more air and more energy um, so that's what makes coming down a lot easier um, and then you get to camp we got there at about one after having walked since you know, 11 the, the previous morning you have some lunch and pack up your stuff pack up your duffel roll up your sleeping bag maybe get changed take some of your layers off and then you walk for another three to four kilometers, four hours, sorry. Um, and it's like, no, I can't. And I refuse. I'm staying here. I need a, I need a rest. And, you know, you, you can't really sleep on the mountain because there's no air. I mean, even, even lower down on the mountains, you know, you sleep long because, you know, once the light, the natural light goes away, it's not like you can switch on a lamp. I mean, your headlight is, you know, not really conducive to doing much. And so you go to sleep early, you wake up early, but your, your sleep's not very restful. So you're, you know, turning around from one, from one shoulder to the other shoulder exhausts you, drives your heart rate up, um, mm. you know, makes you breathless, turning around in your sleep, basically, and obviously you wake up from that. But, um, you know, so, you know, you have a little rest at Barafu, have something to eat, you know, change or take some of your layers off, change your clothes, and then you get going again. And it's like, I can't. And then 10 minutes into the walk, you're saying, actually, I feel fine. And it's, it's, I think it's the oxygen that you're getting with every meter that you're descending. You're getting more oxygen. Wow. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it works. And then, wow, and you're just running down this mountain all of a sudden. Yeah, so, and then, you know, supper time, um, there's, the, generally, everyone goes the, the, the same route, and that's either to Millennium Camp or Maweka, is it? It's Maweka. Mm. I can't remember. Maweka Camp, and that's, that's lower and upper Maweka. And, yeah, it is Maweka. Um, so Millennium Camp was apparently too muddy because we had a lot of rain. So we went further and went to Maweka um, and slept there. And, um, yeah, breakfast, dinner, and then breakfast the next morning, um, the porters and all the guides sang to us again. I mean, we had 53 porters. That's a lot of people. Um, and then about eight guides and a cook and uh, Metro D and the toilet man and everything. And uh, the porters then get their gratuities and their, um, their tips. And um, then they basically run off the mountain, dump your gear, and then they disappear into the forest. Um, it's, um, but yeah, and it's, it's sad to let go of these people. You've shared so much with them um, and boom, they're gone. Sure. Um, we, the, the guides stay with you a little longer. Obviously the guides make sure that you get off the mountain. Um, and then we had a, a celebratory dinner that night with our guides and we gave them our gratuities um, then. And um, yeah, and then again, they disappear and then you fly back to Joburg and carry on with life. <laughs> With a new philosophy that doesn't quite fit into into Joburg. Yeah, mm. I think it, it it does taste too. I think, um, um, and I think that is why it's important, like you said, to journal, you know, so that you can yeah. always go back and remember what you've done. And I think that is the yeah, one. Little... Yes. Yeah, yeah, just the little things, you know. Even journaling before breakfast. How do I feel? Where am I? What is my state? What's going on? Um, you know. Um, you know, the, the sunrise, the crests, the, the going up Barranco wall. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I did that. And, you know, the, the, the people are so amazing. Um, Jumbo means hello in Swahili. Um, and um, then they respond to you, you know, Jumbo Poa, um, which is cool, thanks. And, um, you know, it's just everyone's so selfless. Everyone's so kind. And we're not used to it. From, from City Life. Sure. So what, what's the way forward for you now? Um, well, I've got all this gear that I've got to put to good use because I spent a lot of money on it. So I want to, I want to do the Inca Trail next. So, the Inca Trail? Yeah, I'll go to Machu Picchu in South America. Well, that is our dream as well. If, it, it, after Kilit, next year's aim is to climb that. So if you, if you wait till that time, you can join us. Yeah. See, I've got to scratch some money together first. So. Well, it's it's more than a year still left, so you can do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, no, um, 
it's part of the journey. I mean, I've done it. It's phenomenal. Um, you know, generally the next step is to, to do base camp to Everest. And I see the people that, that from Adventures Global that um, took me up Kili, um, they now at, at, or started yesterday um, at Kathmandu to Loki to go and do Everest base camp. But 21 days, I have, as you saw, young children. Um, so I can't, I can't be away from home for, for three weeks. Yeah. But maybe one day. Yeah. One day. I don't know. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so, um, any... Interesting to note. Interesting to note. Um, Kilimanjaro is higher than base camp at Everest. Okay. Mm. Didn't know that. Yeah. So that is interesting. Mm. Okay. So you're climbing basically base camp or a little bit higher than base camp. Yeah. yeah. So if you can do that. Wow. Now, any last words from you? For, for the guys that is going to climb with me and for no, me. Embrace it, love it. Um, remember everything is transient. If you feel like you can't go on, um, you know, it's, you, you'd be amazed when you push that fear and pain boundary, how much further you can go, how deep that well is, how resourceful your body is, how powerful your mind mind is um yeah so. fuck do it <laughs> fuck that i love it you now this is uh, it's an honor to have met you on uh, wednesday cool. and, and now to being able to sit and talk with you and, and and thank you for blessing me with all of this knowledge and experience and learning you know like we know we can only learn from others if those who are successful yeah. and you gave us a lot of tips a lot of yeah. tips i think that we can if, use if you want information on gear um the the best person that i found is a guy by the name of Pierre, and he is the manager at cape union mart at mall of africa okay. um, i literally spent three hours there and the stories he told um from his own experiences as well um you know besides the fact that he's trying to push product um which actually he's not um, um he's too honest a mountaineer for that um but i got a lot of information from him um, so, for instance, things like cotton. Don't take cotton onto the mountain. You'll die. Uh, make sure you have decent... Um, um, oh, no cotton. Are you typing this all in? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no cotton. Make sure you have, you have the right equipment. Make sure you have the right um, gear. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I think the main thing in the end of the day is because with the company that we're climbing, we can rent gear. But I think in the end of the day, it's the tips like what you are giving, what gear to rent, but also what gear mm. to not rent. Yeah. You know, like you said, yeah. your, your jacket or as example, very important. Yeah. And also remember, you know, um, I mean, there's loads of sleeping bags. I mean, I, I knew that, I mean, I'd done my homework in terms of what sleeping bag to get. You want a down sleeping bag. Um, um, and um, some of the sleeping bags that were hanging there I wouldn't even use in Joburg in summer that kind of thing so you know also you know if I've rented that sleeping bag it's on the mountain it's not available for the next person to use so mm. you know, I suppose it's a bit of a hit and miss but I mean I think I think you'll be okay especially with a sleeping bag liner sleeping bag liner okay. yeah I can show you what they look like um, now where is it yeah so it's a thermal travel liner and it's uh -huh. literally this small and it's super soft. It's super warm. And my kids will use this when they go to camp in summer instead of a sleeping bag. Yes. really nice. Yeah. Okay. And that worked well. Mm. Thank you. Um, yeah. If there's anything else I would reach out to you. Um, I think you already yeah. um, said a lot. Um, yeah. It just makes me excited, you know, even with my challenges and everything. Yeah. Um, one side I'm a little bit anxious and a little bit of yeah. can I do this but it also makes me excited about yeah. the possibility of you know going through those lessons mm. and going through those learnings and to yeah. see what I'm really made of yeah. because I think you get like you said you get tested of how to push through fear and how to push through that. but I think I think it's a lot of a mental game and um, you know so you take things slower. You don't have to be first at camp. It's not a competition. You're not competing with anybody. And um, one thing I also wanted to mention, uh, mention is, is generally they um, monitor you quite well. 
um, they have oximeters, so they'll measure on your finger your oxygen um, saturation in your blood every, every morning and every night. And they monitor you how well you're metabolizing your oxygen, which I think is important in terms of altitude sickness. And, and just with, you know, with, with, I don't know if I can call you a disability or what, with your condition, um, take it slowly. Mm. Um, and don't, don't push yourself too hard. You've got the whole day to walk this. Really, you have. And I think that is what the secret is, that it's not a competition. It's not of rushing up. It's like you say, you have the whole day. So when, if you're tired, you rest a little bit, you know, and you keep on, you know, in place of four and hours, not, five hours. And it's not cold during the day uh, while you're walking, you know. So yeah. it's, it's not like you, you, you're going to protect yourself from, from the cold. Um, it's, um, you know, if you keep moving and, and, you know, so you walk 500 meters and have a rest. Big deal. You walk another 500 meters, you have another rest. And, and enjoy the scenery. Enjoy the birds. Enjoy the, the, the fauna and the flora and the, the moonlight uh, alpine deserts that, that they've got. It's, it's, yeah. Make sure your pee bottle is more than 500 milliliters. Did you get that? <laughs> no, I, honestly, I, I don't know who's going to listen to this. And, you know, parental guidance is advised. <laughs> I peed in a bottle at night. Yes. Girls, if you're out there, go to Shewe, S-H-E-W-E-E, -E, order yourself a Shewe. Yeah. Practice with it before you go and get yourself a pee bottle for, um, in, in, in the tent at night that is larger than 500 milliliters because if you're drinking you know, five liters a day, you're going to pee a lot. <laughs> you're also going to sweat out a lot. Um, so I never needed to go to the loo while I was walking. Um, but at night, I definitely needed to go to the loo. And if it's minus five degrees outside and you're sleeping in a liner, in a sleeping bag with just your thermals on, you don't want to have to put on a jacket and, a, and pants and your boots and everything else to walk the 20 meters to the porta potty. Trust me, pee bottle. That, I think that is of all of it. <laughs> that is a big learning. I would never afford to take a pee yeah. bottle and pee bottle, make, yeah. make sure it's more than 500 ml. Mm. Yeah. Because oh, at 450 ml full in the tent, you've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Ah, thank yeah. you for sharing that. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for letting me revisit it. Yeah, that's a pleasure. And thank you for making time. Send the regards to your husband that side. Say thank you for that tip. Thank you for the tip. <laughs> and um, hopefully we will meet each other soon. I will keep you up yes, to date. You know? so if, if there's any, anything else that you want to ask, um, give me a shout. You know, you've got my WhatsApp number. Um, or, or, say, or give me a call. And yeah, happy yeah. to We'll definitely Good. do that. And uh, have an awesome Sunday. And enjoy the time with the family. Thanks, Take care. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, see you at the next one. Remember, it's kubiswisa.com or it's called Zero to Zero.